This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Danae, we're doing a live show. Hey, Danae. What, what? We're doing a live show. Well, I know. We will eventually. <laughs> no, like, I already clicked the button. Like, people are listening. Oh. Oh. Hello. So, welcome, Danae, and anyone else who might be listening to the show uh, live every Tuesday at noon for Shoe the Dough. Special edition today, uh, No Longer Safe. But I want to hear it, because you were just telling me a story about um, you becoming a mom. I was a temporary mother <laughs> for like 15 minutes. It seemed like it maybe was like seven hours, but it was I always it find was these stories amazing. Minutes. Like you have this thing where you're not a parent. And so when you have these interactions in the parent universe, mm -hmm. you always come away like wide-eyed and stunned. Yeah. Like on It was you know, a stunning experience. I experienced emotions I did not expect. So I was uh, at an outdoor event and one of my really close friends, Shannon, has a little baby boy mm -hmm. who's like over a year and he wasn't feeling well and she had to tend to this event. So I was like, I'll take him. You know, mm -hmm. he was fussy, but I was like, well, I mean. I'm here to support you, so just hand over the child and we'll figure it out. Sure. So I'm like walking away, and this is all outside, so like I kind of I want to walk off so he's not close to mom, uh -huh. but still be close enough to where mom doesn't freak out and like, where's my child? You know. Sure. So we're walking along the sidewalk, and I'm trying to do my best to make everything seem amazing. Like, oh, look at this bush. <laughs> How cool is this flower? check out that leaf wow you know he's like not having it he's like Ugh. he's like fussy and snotty this and is danae's problem with interacting with children sometimes is that she is more full of wide-eyed wonder than the child is yeah. <laughs> like she is more actually childlike than the actual children and i'm like shifting him around in my in my arms trying to figure out like okay you know how is he and he's kind of calming down we get towards the very end of this little pathway mm -hmm. and there's a road and we're still with an eye shot of mom and this truck goes by and he goes, lum, lum. and I was like, cool. All right. <laughs> we're staying here where the cars are going by, you know? So every time a car would go by, he'd be, I would say, look, it's a truck. And he mm -hmm. would go, lum, lum. and then it would turn to go. And I would say, oh, it's going away. Bye bye truck. And he would say, uh oh. <laughs> And it was really adorable. This went on for like 20 different vehicles. Uh -huh. And every time the cars would leave, the other thing would happen is he would start to like kind of go, uh, like this weird sort of noise thing. Uh -huh. And I realized I think he's humming to himself. So I start humming and I start like kind of like just softly singing and I'm 
swaying back and forth and I'm not turn like my goal is do not turn around so the child sees his mother in the distance. Right. That's like number one goal. Right. Now have you ever experienced anything like this before? Like putting a child to sleep no. or anything? This this is a first. This is a first. This is Danae's first experience with, you know, dreamy stage child well, I don't like know if fading he's away. I, I heard he didn't get any sleep the night before, so I'm right. assuming he's sleeping. Uh-huh. But I didn't I didn't set off intending. I set off to distract the child and then I was like, Oh, you know, maybe he's sleepy. So there is no better distraction for a child than, than sleep. sleep. <laughs> this is the best distraction ever. Apparently, because that one lasts for a little bit. I did a pretty good job because he starts to like nod off, and uh-huh. in my head, so I'm I'm humming and singing in my head. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is really happening. Like, dude's about to fall asleep. Little man, look at his eyelashes. <laughs> He's going down, folks. He's going down, and so I'm humming like, mm-hmm, you know, real soft and slow, and he goes out. Nice. I was so excited. There's no feeling like that where it's like this thing that I'm in charge of keeping occupied mm-hmm. now is just oblivious. Well, he's in my arms too, you know, so I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa, like I it wasn't like we were sitting down. I was I swear, I swear to you, <laughs> not five seconds goes by and somebody rolls up in a truck and goes, Do you know where the garage sale is? <laughs> and that child popped up out of my arms, wide eyed, freaking out, like Totally disoriented. He's trying to push me away, but he's in my arms. And I'm like, I experienced like this intense hatred toward this person. (laughs) I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, and I didn't know what to do. So I just turned around and like walked the kid back to his mom. Oh, Oh, I was so frustrated. And then, oh, did you give the guy a dirty look? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I was like, I don't know. Like you look at him, look at the child, look back at him and then just give him like, what? Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm standing here. So then I give the child back. I give James, his name's James. I give James back to Shannon. And I experience this next thing that parents experience. Mm-hmm. Intense arm pain. Yes. I had been holding that child for like 10, 15 minutes. I don't know. And I was sore for days. <laughs> days. I was sore. Days. It was like I had done many many push-ups or something it wasn't said i hadn't i hadn't really... not just like tendons or because like if oh, I, when i held my kids for a while the, my tendons would just tense up and so i had to like stretch them out and yeah that kind of stuff but you serious. actually had muscle soreness. i had i had all of the front of me soreness wow it's like baby workout like, yes it mm-hmm. was and i'm like how do you do this and then i realized they don't just come out that big you know they <laughs> moms work into it you know yes it's the growing child workout yes it's like a slow progress. And type eventually thing. you decide when to give up on that that health plan. Yeah. And just let them walk themselves places. Yeah. You know? I, I was amazed. I have much respect for the parents. Well, I think that's an appropriate story going into our show today. We're doing a No Longer Safe episode. So No Longer Safe. Can, should we kind of give a little backstory sure, go for, for those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have listened to our podcast before, Shoe the Dough, which you can find on iTunes, um, you probably... Wow, what is that? You probably know already that No Longer Safe is a segment we do where we have just a longer conversation with a person, in this case people, because our moms mm-hmm. are, are our topic today, where we just want to go deeper into a conversation and it doesn't always fit onto like a radio format. Right. So we get rid of any kind of judgment or any kind of trying to convince anybody of anything and just have a, an honest conversation between two people to find connections. And in this case, we have invited our moms Yay! to join us and excited to have uh, Bonnie and Sherry in. So now we do want to let you know this was recorded last week, just after Mother's Day. And so my mom was in town. Her, you know, mom is always 
in town. My mother lives here in town, <laughs> yes. And so we were able to to have them in and to have some conversation about that. Um, so, so we're going to play this for you. Yeah, you ready to shoe the dough? I am ready to shoe the dough. Well, then let's shoe the dough. because I thought it'd be more. We thought that you guys would be more comfortable in those chairs. It's, you know, it's just the ages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're the guest. No, it's it's because old. you're the guest. No, no, no. Too late. We know it's because we're old. They don't want us falling off the stools. Um. <laughs> can you imagine the insurance claim? I think as long as you guys lean in. Hunch. We could be one of those United Healthcare hunch. commercials. Yeah, point it towards your mom. And hunch, dear. The word is hunch. Haunch. No, haunch. haunch is actually like a, a noun. Like you have haunches. These but are, to hunch these are is to haunches. crouch down. No, you down. hunch over. <laughs> no, you hunch over. H-U-N-C-H. I thought it was H-A-U-N-C-H. Did you always think it was... this. That's your haunch. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you always think it was the haunchback of Notre Dame? Or... I just thought that was another way of saying it. That's all. Dear, I love your little Judaisms. They're really cute. This is one. It's your fault. You it's should, my fault. No, it's always our I fault. I would never connect, correct her, you know? <laughs> it's true. So can yeah. I ask you, Sherry, do um See, do we, don't need, we don't even need to start the podcast. We the, just just let no, these gals let go. The just go. The, the, the difference these are our moms, by the way. Of, you know, <laughs> meld, meld together, and you don't remember who it was that said it that way, and you just know that it's... It was one of the one children. Of the kids, and one of the kids said I can't it. really say it was you, <laughs> but one of the kids... <laughs> Well, welcome to uh, Shoe the Dough. It's the Mom's Edition. We're recording this just past uh, Mother's Day. You just heard Sherry sigh. (laughs) Was it better before I introduced it? I don't know. Was it better when you could just kind of relax? Now that you know, like... That it's now all that it's being official. recorded. Uh-huh. We we had a setup and then one of the mics decided not to work. So basically Danae is sitting on her mom's lap right now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that That's they both true. can share the microphone. So if they sound a little bit distant. But my mom's got her own microphone. She loves right. she loves to talk on <laughs> tape. Be video, you know, take pictures just of her. She just, anything that's a permanent record of her voice or appearance, she's a big fan of. I just don't want sitting on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to yeah. take that. Good call. I don't know how to take that. So we thought it'd be a good idea to have you guys in since my mom's in town. Uh, my mom's usually in Florida, and but she's here to uh, help out with the kids uh, when I go away for some stuff. To have Danae's mom come in and do kind of a special mom's day kind of on shoe the dough and also i kind of consider this one of our no longer safe episodes because moms are a type of category that have a lot of judgment with them and get a lot of labels put on them let's jump right into that did you guys experience (laughs) parent shaming yeah was that a thing back when you were raising us where you could you felt judgment from other parents i'm just noticing and i think maybe because a lot of my friends are having kids Everybody has an opinion about how you should raise your kids. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that, that comes with the territory, Does I think. Does it? It was really bad with breastfeeding. Oh, that oh was, man. You really got judgment on that. If the baby was... Oh, I thought you were saying I was really bad at breastfeeding. <laughs> I was like, wow, no. all right. I guess we're going there. <laughs> uh, I guess we're not. Well, he never latched. <laughs> oh, the pain. <laughs> I am not going there. <laughs> But, you know, if they were 
too thin, it was, you know, it's because you're breastfeeding. If they were chunky, then it was, well, that's because you're breastfeeding. And oh, interesting. Yeah. Everybody's got an matter. opinion. Uh-huh. Do oh, you feel like that's changed? Do you feel like the breastfeeding thing has changed? Like, any more, more people are for breastfeeding? Like, it sounds like people were against it. When And, and when I was going through that, mm-hmm. yes, none of my friends interesting breastfed theirs i was the only one in our circle like science can do it better my is that what the idea was or like i don't understand like i'm having trouble following it was, why it, it, there was a there was a, a thing that happened in i think it was like in the 40s and 50s where you know um only poor people <laughs> breastfed mm-hmm. and oh. it was kind of a status thing that you you know, this is this is my understanding of it. I wasn't around then, but you know, that's what I understand. Uh-huh. Um, that my mom had that stigma too mm-hmm. of the fact that she breastfed her babies because they were poor and huh. they had to. Um, that's interesting. For what me, do rich people do? For me, it formula? was formula. Formula. Oh yeah, formula. <laughs> you was had the money new to buy thing. formula. It was a new uh, thing on the market. It was you know, it was something that was. Um, brand new and supposed to be like the best thing ever. Um, by the time you know my kids came around, I made the choice to breastfeed both of my children also, and also faced a lot of of stuff I can't with wait that because <laughs> I'm gonna make a big deal out of it. That. Okay. It was <laughs> just starting to come back around where breastfeeding was okay, but it was still not really looked now, on as now as you the best have thing. people who post their pictures of them breastfeeding mm-hmm. on social media. And a lot of really famous people are doing that. Mm-hmm. And so they're getting more attention. And I think, too, back then, my, my best friend also breastfed her little girl that was a year younger than Erin. And so she would ask a lot of questions. But, um, but in, in my actual circle, you know, there was this modesty thing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it wasn't hard to be modest and breastfeed. I mean, it was easy. But in their minds... You know, it took on that. That's what it was thought of. You know? Yeah, I think now it's sexualized. Yeah, and now I, that's the issue. One of I the think issues. it was a modesty thing too, because when I would breastfeed you, if I was at, and it kind of depended on where you were. For me, at least, when I was at my parents' house, I could breastfeed in the living room with you know just a blanket mm-hmm. over me, right? You know, covering, and that was fine. At my in-laws, that was taboo. I had to go into another room and close the door. I had to do the same so, thing. With, you know, I wondered uh, with Grant, I wondered with Dad's yeah. uh, mom if that was the yeah. case with you because yeah, I, I remember you guys saying she was always the uptight one. Yeah. Like I remember the story you always tell is that I asked her when I was what four if she had a penis. Yes. Or something like that. Yes. <laughs> so. And she just did not know how to respond until finally your dad said, "Well, answer her, mom." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I can answer him, but you know. Yeah. Of all the places that I figured this conversation might go, that was not one of them. Breastfeeding like, was that was not how I thought we'd spend the first 15 minutes <laughs> of this show. Breastfeeding right? was not on but your it's a, list. But huh? it's a great topic. I mean, it's something that, you know, and I feel like I learned something in the first 15 minutes, which is that that was, see, because now I think it's shifted. Mm-hmm. Like, now it's seen as breastfeeding is more natural and gives, mm-hmm. you know, more nutrients. And, mm-hmm. and But it's really interesting that because of the progression of science and formula and those kind of things, it was seen as, you know, lower taboo. I've That's reached my max level of wanting to hear the word breast. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Moving on to the next topic. Well, you mentioned... We've only mentioned a penis once. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, That's twice. <laughs> so you said something, uh, you know, about being silly, and I said, you know, oh, imagine that. What do you see the most when either you listen to the show or just in real life? What do you guys see the most of yourself in what we do? Like in, you know, the kind of things that we talk about and the way that our personalities kind of represent themselves. Bonnie, why don't you go first? What do you see in Danae? Um, <laughs> I see a lot of family history in <laughs> Danae. Really? What do you mean by that? Um, like, what do you mean by family history? Well, um, my, my family specifically, I think of as a joking and jovial and humor, mm. humorous type of a family anyway. Jokes are a big deal. Laughing is a big deal. Humor is a big deal. And that's... Deflecting anything serious with any of those also. Yes. <laughs> yes. Using humor in a lot of different ways comes through in our family. And I see that in Danae. Um, I see some of some of the things that she doesn't like uh, in me sometimes comes through in her, which makes me laugh. All right. I need, I need a specific on that because I'm not sure I'm following. So something that she doesn't like about you? Um, no. I don't know if it's necessarily about me, but I know she she makes fun of uh, rolls her eyes when I do some of my humor, uh-huh. you know, um, playing off of other people's words, and, yeah, and and that type of see. Thing. I love that stuff. And, and Is that why she rolls her eyes at she, me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's your but fault. I see her doing it too, and I I see where she actually does you know mm-hmm. do some of those things, which makes me laugh then because you know she's doing what. Um, sometimes she's called me out on for doing. <laughs> oh man, I know that. I mean, I think we all know that feeling of you know wanting to do something different than our parents, but doing the same thing. I mean, I hear my dad in so many of the things that I say to my kids, or you know, I never wanted to be the parent that said because I said so, and I say it all the time. Because I didn't realize before I was a parent that sometimes your kids don't actually want a reason. They just want to debate you. And sometimes you actually have to say that. So I totally, totally get that. What about you, Mom? What, what do you hear? Well, on the show, I, when I listen, I just think about how Danae kind of goes with whatever. Mm-hmm. And you pull it back in. Mm-hmm. And so I see the organizer and the communicator on your part, uh-huh. you know, the detail. Well, and that comes from you, right? right. That's something That's that, that you've, yeah, yeah. done. <laughs> why are we, so why fun. are we, why are you laughing? What's, what's so funny? No, I just, I'm so tickled. I'm like, oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it came from. Tell me more. <laughs> because I was listening a while ago when Bonnie was talking and you were throwing out those questions. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like you were pulling in and, and I'm thinking, you know, as a counselor, that's what I did for 25 years. I don't know if you knew that my mom was, is, was, is a counselor, was was a counselor. So she'd, you know, have people come to her and and sit on a couch or whatever and tell them her problems. Was there really a couch? (laughs) There was a couch, but they did not lay down on it. (laughs) Unless they were having a really bad moment. (laughs) If they wanted to lay down, they could, but that was not part of the, you know, the routine. Yeah. My dad's, my dad's a pastor. My mom's a counselor. So that explains a lot of, you know, why I like to, talk and think deeply and those kind of things. I see you as a thinker and I'm a thinker. Yeah. And I see you being organized and detailed and I see Danae as a stinker and her mom's a stinker. (laughs) Is that what you were going to say? The thinker and the stinker. That's the (laughs) the new show. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's the extrovert and the introvert. Yeah, that's true as well. I, I don't know that many people would guess that, but I am an introvert. You know, once the microphones are off, I like to just chill in my room, be a hermit. I don't necessarily want to go out and be around people. But Danae's not. Danae loves being around people mm-hmm. and bouncing off of their energy and, and that kind of thing. So one thing I heard. I, I am equal parts. You think so? Oh, for sure. I'm on. I am right there. I love my Heidi whole home. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Not me. I, I much prefer to be and an I, introvert. And I think Danae is deeper thinking than some people realize. Right. No, I agree she, with oh, that. Oh, I agree with that. I trying to say that I was just a no. stinker. You know, <laughs> I, I jumped right I'm in there in your defense, dear. Right, I'm right here. Right. I got your back. That's something, which I didn't take offense to that. We were just joking. But, like, my mom has been my great defender, so you got to be careful. That's right. <laughs> She'll just jump on stuff, and I'll, I'll rein her back. I'll be like, it's okay, Mom, they're our friends. Not me. I'll let Hold me back. <laughs> Hold me back. <laughs> I want him to learn from his, you know. Yeah, just listening to the show, sometimes I think um, that Danae comes off as more of a flubberty gibbet. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's she really I wondered is. about that. But I know that that's, and I've talked to her about it. And, and I know that it's an intentional to a point. Yeah, that's intentional. But she, um, I think she's a lot deeper in um, a lot of ways than people realize. She's much deeper than I am, I'll tell you that. Well, you know what? what's, what's cool true. about what's cool about that, about playing those roles, and we do kind of play where we emphasize parts of our personality for the entertainment or for the show. But one thing that's cool about playing those roles, like Danae playing, you said, Fliberty Gibbet or something yeah. like that, is when she, does, when she does go deep. It, it means something mm-hmm. like there's there's a real value there. And that's my dad. And she mm-hmm. does. Yep. And and I think that's, you know, kind of the process of what we do is kind of the fun part. Without your organizational skills, though, there would be a really bad show. <laughs> <laughs> so thank kind. you. Thank you, Aaron's mom. <laughs> And it without would be, it would be really bad. But and without your crazy skills, it would be a really boring show. So thank you, What's Bonnie, wrong? and today's mom. Are you? What are you concerned about? I'm concerned because when you're talking or when I'm talking, those little things aren't going as high as when they <laughs> they're talking. Okay, this is also where I get this, Aaron. Uh huh. Yeah. So so here's the thing that we also do is we know that there's an established rule and there's an established purpose. You know, our audio is going to look a specific way. We are on point for, like, if it's not hitting that, something's wrong. Okay. We need to be careful. Like, guys, we have now gone outside of the rules and boundaries of this. <laughs> there are rules and boundaries. And if you're not hitting those rules and boundaries, we need to stop, well, evaluate, then met- and then move forward. That's that's her, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Video yeah. games, like, board games. Yep. Keep to the rules. There keep to the way it's supposed way to be. Of doing something. <laughs> Which was when I became a Christian, what really freaked you out, because I wasn't doing the Christian rules. But uh-huh. that's another topic entirely. Yeah, that's totally Well, but let's go there. You bring it up. <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of wanted, this is one of the things I wanted to talk about a little bit with you guys, is the spiritual aspect of what we do as Christians and your own spiritual lives as Christians. You know, how has your experience been? you know, with hearing our thoughts, like where maybe they differ from yours or where maybe they're the same. And mom, I'll let you start with this one. You know, what, what kind of things do you pick up on and go, oh, that's interesting how, you know, he's feeling that way or, oh, I, I'm, you know, I'm with him on that or, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? I definitely understand what you're saying, <laughs> but I don't know. I can't think of specifics, but I know sometimes on the show, I'll think, do you really believe that? <laughs> <laughs> because we don't agree on on everything. Right. And we have different 
perspectives. Uh huh. But you can't but think of a specific. So, I wish I could. I'm sure it has to do with She's your choice of media and. Uh, and sometimes okay. I wonder how can you but watch that as a you know. <laughs> what a sure. great mom who's not keeping record. She's like she doesn't have a you know an access. That's somewhere in Corinthians, something about not keeping a record of <laughs> wrongs. Yeah. Love. Yeah. What about you, Bonnie? I keep a record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, actually, um, Danae, going back to Danae leaving the church and then being out of it for a number of years and then coming back into a relationship with Jesus, um, I love Jesus. Um <laughs> Just I love Jesus. I listened too. to the very first podcast from way, way back oh, yeah. just she, last week. So that's she in my just head. listened to every single episode of She's the Devil. <laughs> Not every, oh. but a, a lot of them. Oh. Anyway, um, but but looking back, she challenged me and my set beliefs because I was raised. Um, my dad is a, is a preacher and taught at a Bible college for thirty years. And I was raised in a very strict household and very much there were rules that you had to follow, you know, um, good Christian girls didn't do these things and they did these things, you know, and, and there were very specific things. And that was how I was raised. And Danae, from almost out of the womb, challenged me on so many of those things. <laughs> um, she really did. But when she came back to um, a relationship that was when I, it really started to be uh, a challenge for me in looking at what um, my beliefs had been um, all along and where was that foundation? Was that foundation in the Word of God or was that foundation in um, things that man had, had stated um, and man's rules and man's perspective? And so I've had to do a lot of soul searching of myself and my own walk ever since she came back to the Lord. So that's that's been something that's, that's a constant cool. thing for I think me that's to great. do to reexamine my belief system and say, where does that come from? You know, was that just something that I was taught from the pulpit and there's right. no that's basis so good. in scripture, or is this really something? And then that's let me let go of things that didn't belong in my belief system and hold on tight to the things that I knew were rock solid. Um, and she's done a great job of doing that in a very gentle way. And that's probably one of the reasons why I say she is so deep because, um, and, and, and that's kind of one of those things that I'll defend her on because I know how much she's challenged me and how much I think Sometimes I think she's such a wise person, wise beyond my years, and and I learn from her, and I think that's amazing to to be able to do and see that in your own daughter and say, wow, you know, um, you challenged me to be a better Christian. You challenged me to be a better woman. I thought you were going to say, wow, I, I made you <laughs> with, with with my bailer. You were in there. Yeah. You're here because of me. Yeah. Which is true. Well, that's true. But See, there's that humor deflection yeah. I was talking about. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, I was about to cry. Did you see that? Yeah. That's why I said well, that's why, she, that's why she why told a joke. You. She wanted to make sure that didn't yeah. happen. See, I think about, like, when you said, um, we were talking, I don't, even remember, I don't remember what we said, but I was thinking about the 
the I think the reason I don't keep record is because of my mother. Um, my dad did not become a Christian until they'd been married over 25 years. Whoa. And my mother was a very godly, faithful woman through all those years. But during my teen years, she was very um, open. And she would say, this was her with anything. Whenever I would come with her with, should I be doing this or should I go there? Can I go there? She would always say, here's what I think, why I think it. This would be my choice. However, it's between you and God. And I have total confidence in your relationship with God. So whatever you decide, I will support you. And there were times when I didn't go the way she would want. Um, But I think that that helped me to then. And then, Aaron, you were such an easy child. Thank you. You Thank you very much. You were so compliant. (laughs) You You ruined it for your siblings. but. Let them have this one more. Right, we'll let them have this one. Right back. But really, you just uh, you came in and you were like three or four, and you came in and you said, "I should have a spanking." <laughs> and we're saying, "Why do you need a spanking?" Well, I don't even remember now what you did, and and we said. No, you were honest. You came and told us. And so after that, I'm sure you used it at manipulated, you know, manipulating wise. But. <laughs> Look at that smile. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was I was easy, but I was easy partly because I was I was understanding the system, you know, in, in <laughs> many ways. So, yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, there's certainly that. <laughs> there's so much understanding going on over there. Oh, my word. <laughs> but it did. So it made it, you know, I, I always trusted your judgment, too, spiritually. Yeah. I, one thing that I deal with when we go into these deeper topics, you know, we've, we, you know, have the atheist in or the homo, you know, homosexual or whatever. And I always worry when I'm talking about the church in general and how the church has progressed from legalism and is starting to kind of break through that, that, that I'm casting things on you that I don't mean to be casting on my parents because I never felt like you guys embraced that legalism like the church in general did. But so sometimes when we're doing a show or something and I'm thinking about, I'm talking about how I grew up, you know, in a legalistic church or whatever, I think that, you know, then I always feel like I have to stop and say, but my parents weren't that way. It wasn't them. I promise, you know, and so my hope is that, you know, you hear my heart in that is not something that I blame you guys for, but just something I've had to work through with just kind of. I think the church in general through, you know, the 80s. And I think it was a response to the freedom of the 70s, kind of the free love in the 60s and the 70s. And then the church pulled back and, you know, wanted to really emphasize holiness and not sinning and, you know, those kind of things. And I think, you know, it's caused a lot of separation with people who feel like they can't be perfect like the church wants them to be. But it isn't even, it was, but as a parent, it also made it more difficult in that kind of situation because you're parenting the way you believe God wants you to parent without those judgments. Mm-hmm. But yet you are the pastor and pastor's wife of a church <laughs> who believes you should have those judgments. Mm-hmm. And we were very adamant about, you know, that we, you were up to God, not mm-hmm. up to the church people. Yeah. yeah, and I appreciate it. And I even remember a few specific instances growing up where you would tell somebody in the congregation, you know, that that's not their business or, you know, that that I remember those kind of moments. So let's go back to how Danae was an easy child as well. <laughs> Bonnie. <laughs> that was an honest oh, guffaw. 
<laughs> Easy. Oh. <laughs> so tell us, a, okay, here's why, here's why I bring it up. Because today and I have talked about this on oh, the yeah. show, off the show, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I deal with one of my children uh, who I think was very much like Danae growing up, where the world had to be perfectly fair. And if it wasn't, then it was time to throw a fit until it was. And, you know, there's a lot of obstinance and stubbornness. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, I kind of associate myself with you, Bonnie, and having to go through that. So tell me a little bit about what that was like with her. Like, how early did it start? You know, how did you get through it? Um, well, I think, you know, the sense of fairness and that that's a me thing, too. I i don't like things that are not fair. And mm-hmm. I still have I still struggle with that. I'm like, OK, God, you're going to have to take care of this one because I can't do it. But um, I, I don't want Danae, I don't want it to come off as Danae was like this evil child or this hard, <laughs> difficult child that, that I couldn't stand to be around. I loved raising both my children. And Danae was such a precious bundle, and she still is. And um, But we had our moments. And I think probably a lot of it was that we are very much alike in a lot of ways, and so we, we butt heads quite a bit. Um, each wanting our own way um, and learning how to to give and take in that and I was I was a young mama and I really didn't know a lot about children I saw the picture on Facebook this week you were like 20 when you had Danae I was 19 19 and a, and a month less than a month later I turned 20 wow. so yeah when when she was born I was 19 wow um so yeah it was it was a uh, you know, I was a young mom. I didn't know a lot about the world either, and I didn't know a lot about raising children. And um, most of the time, we just kind of muddled through. <laughs> um, what are you? Yeah. What are your, yeah, your memories, Danae? What do you think? I remember. I remember being like no higher than your knee and arguing with you. Uh huh. Like it was like I came out into the world. With, with an a opinion. full vocabulary, <laughs> well, and the full other, opinion. And the other thing is you wanted to be treated as an adult from the time you were three. I remember, right. Yeah, I remember right. being like, no, just because I'm shorter than you or I can't come up with the word right away, I'm still equal yeah. parts here. So so while I learned to deal with that in a lot of, you know, respects was, you know, I would give her, I would let her have the choice, but I would, I would um, form that choice. So, for instance, what to wear. I would... You know, knowing that it's really cold outside and so she needed to be dressed in, you know, pants and, you know, whatever, I would pull out a couple. Pants are always a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of different outfits that would fit the weather and I would let her choose which one. Now, if she had her heart set on something different, we could discuss it at that point. (laughs) But but for the most most part, I tried to let her choose as much as she was able to choose. Um, and give her that ability to make those decisions within reason. Yeah, and then like through like as I grew up and got older and stuff, it was just a lot of like I want it this way, and I know if I keep at it long enough, I will get my way. Yeah, she's very good at um, at, at um, mm-hmm. perseverance. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I'm a good perseverer. Yes, she is. So. <laughs> And, and I, I probably wasn't as strong in the don't give in mode as I, as I probably should have been. But I don't think it was like a spoiling thing, um, you know, where, what do you think where today? I gave in to everything. Today's good. What do you think? I think I was totally spoiled. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I get the pain of that, right? Because there's just there's it's easier sometimes to let them have their way and oh, to yeah. move with the kind of the flow that they're moving in. And I'm constantly checking myself on, you know, where do I draw the line and how do I stand firm and, mm-hmm. and all those kind of things. So yeah. I have been able to talk to Aaron, you know, specifically about his son, like because I can still relate to the intense passion and like anger uh, that I would feel. I would just I would experience it so vividly and be like, I I mean, there's just I had to get to a place in my mind where I could calm down and then everything kind of like evened out. But there was just this intensity. I don't know if that's just how I was born or if it's your fault, mom. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. But I really relate. I relate a lot to him. We've had many, many conversations, actually, about, you know, like I remember at one point in time you're talking about how the uh, the boys were kind of all like getting sort of tired of his intensity. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if he feels for one second that nobody's on his side, it's just, it's going to get worse. And talking later on about, you know, we kind of changed how the boys are communicating to each other so that they understand the importance of, you know, somebody needs to try to be listening to what he's trying to say, even if he's saying it, you know, in real intense and anger, he's trying to get something out and he'll get there eventually and kind of learn how to calm down. So while at the same time, making sure he knows that's not okay. Like you don't speak to people that way. You don't call them names, you know, all those kind of things. When I was like a little girl, I wasn't super angry, but when I was in, when I got to middle school, that's when I got really, I was an angry, angry child. And that kind of fizzled out after a while. And she had such great logic too. Thank you. So really, it was really, really hard. I really did try to think things through, but mm-hmm. my attitude was just, you know. Yeah, but what I see with my son is he tries to think things through, but only to prove his point. Like, he doesn't yeah. actually try to sure. weigh things and try to figure out, you know, which is right. He just wants to prove his point. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I see, at least. All right, here's the here's the next question I have for you guys. So as you listen to what we do, when do you feel like you knew with us growing up that this might be in our wheelhouse? Like, something we might be good at or end up doing, like, as far as you talking mean, into a microphone. Radio, not a not necessarily radio, yeah, but doing a show, entertaining, those kind of things. Mom, why don't you start? Three. Really? Mm-hmm. What was I doing at three? Always entertaining, singing, um, preaching, you know. I was preaching? Well. What did I preach about at three? <laughs> no, but, you know, talking to people. Do uh-huh. stuffed animals get saved? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yes. You know. My um, glow worm. Yeah. And your, your grandfather always had a camera in hand, and your dad would also... No, so that's true. I didn't even think about that. We always had the, you know, from, since your, dad, your grandfather worked for RCA, we right. had DVRs players as soon as they came out. We had movie projections, cameras. We yeah, we had, were, we had that giant VHS, mm-hmm. you know, the first VHS cassette things that would play, and we'd mm-hmm. record Star Wars off a of television, and we were like the first kids to ever be able to watch Star Wars more than once, and, and we'd rewind and it. And we were and, always taking movies of you. You know, movies from the time you were born. Mm-hmm. So you were always on camera. You were always um, up front at church, you know, probably partly because you were the preacher's kid, but also just because you were good at things like that. I've so. heard my first solo. It's not good. <laughs> I've seen that video. That was, that was pretty bad. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, and then, you know, in fifth grade, you were... You know, you always had the leads in your school plays and programs, and 
so I saw it early. I remember Gingerbread Man, mm-hmm. and I've seen I've seen the videos of that. But I have one of my first memories, and I don't have a lot of memories before you know from my childhood. But one I do have is of being in a box at the front of the church on the sanctuary and just thinking, okay, I have to listen so I know when to pop out and say I'm the gingerbread man. Like that's one of my my <laughs> very first memories. Because you went to a Christian preschool and the and the kindergarten program was in the church. So you ah, were in, a okay. box in the church. Okay. But the first time you ever you were three years old, we had an evangelist and he called you up. You know, he was staying with us and so he heard you. So he called you up on the platform to sing with him while he was <laughs> you were three years old then. Nice. So, yeah. Well, fun. What about you, Bonnie? Um, probably, I, I know you're going to say what, but a year and a half. Um, oh, a year and a half old? Uh-huh. At first I thought you were saying a year and a half ago. No, and I was no, like, no, no, no. it took two years like, into the show before I realized she could do it. <laughs> Eighteen months old, probably. Wow. Um, or even less than that. Because uh, we used to, when we would go out to eat, I can remember one time specifically, uh, we were at Pizza Hut and... A song came on the jukebox, and Danae was just dancing her heart out with her little butt just going back and forth. And everybody was watching her and laughing. And when she knew that people were watching her Mm, and laughing, she handed it up even more. That's that's where you can tell. And she was just a baby. I mean, because she was diapers and all, because that little butt was just, (laughs) you know, going back and forth. It was so funny. And then she, from that point on, she just... You know, just any time there was an audience, she was she was on. She was ready to go. Did you ever think she'd be making money doing it, though? I knew she could, mm-hmm. but I didn't know if she would. Mm. And, and that's the thing, because I've told her all along, you can entertain people all day long, all night long. You, could, you can do it. She didn't believe it. I don't think. Oh, or, I believed it. I just didn't want to work for it. She, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. Oh, that's stubbornness. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's stubbornness. But Hand you're right. it to me on a silver platter and I'll take it. <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. That's pretty much how all this happened. That's the thing. It's like God's like, and I will open a door for you. And if you don't take it this time, it's it's not on me. <laughs> so, yeah. I, so you knew way early. I, w- I knew way early. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say I knew you were going to be a thinker way early because you always hear stories about you know if there's silence in the house oh beware you know <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah there's going to be disaster somewhere right and if it's quiet it's too quiet yeah. yeah and so i can remember the first time you were you were just sitting up so you were probably i you were probably between six months and a year old you weren't walking yet but it was really quiet in the house and i'm thinking you know and you're the first one and i'm thinking oh what am i gonna uh, find what's he into and I went in, and you had emptied a bookcase, and you were reading. I mean, obviously, you weren't reading, but you were <laughs> wow. sitting there with a book. You had all these books around you, and you would go from one book. I mean, I stood and watched you. You'd, you'd look, go through the book, and you'd lay it down and pick up another book. And Whoa. I knew then you were going to be a thinker. And that's so true. Yeah. It's interesting because as different as we are, you and I, Aaron, we're really, really similar because you're talking about like all the plays and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I did plays too. What are you thinking? I'm thinking about the first time I knew you were going to be an artist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, go ahead. I've been quiet, too quiet in the bedroom when, mm-hmm. yeah, and then I What'd heard some noise and she had painted her wall with what was in her diaper. Yeah. Oh. And that's what I expected to find. <laughs> those, were the, those were the stories I heard. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I remember uh, seeing your Bible and in Genesis and you having written something. Um, it was in the you know garden section where they're talking about the garden. And it was a quote from me from when I think I was four or five. And it said, um, if God didn't want us to sin, why did he put the tree in the garden in the first place? And it said like Aaron, age four or whatever. And that's how I grew up, being able to ask those questions mm-hmm. and not having those questions feared. And I couldn't ask those questions about God, but I could ask questions about anything else. But questions, and I think it was because of our church environment, like questions like that, like about faith or whatever, the answer was always, you just have to have faith. It was a blanket response. So my philosophies were spent elsewhere. And probably because I didn't have a clue what the answer was. You know, it was when I turned 19. <laughs> None of us do. That's, I didn't need right? But when I turned 19, that's when I realized that you were 19 when you had me. And I was like, oh, you are just like a person, like a, <laughs> like a teenager, you know, and I kind of forgave you of not knowing all those things or how to answer those questions. Well, thank you for forgiving me. <laughs> I was mad. I was mad about that for a while. But that was that was really interesting because like most every other topic, I'm so honest with you. Is, but is on, that when you realized I was a human? Yeah. Yeah. I think we all come to that place though, where yeah, we finally realize, realize our, that, our that your parents. mom is actually was actually a human. Oh I don't maybe I haven't yet. Maybe. <laughs> but see, I deal with this I deal with this pedestal thing. Like I'm naive and optimistic to a fault. And so I do see my parents as perfect in many ways. And I know that they aren't. I know that they are humans. Obviously, I have intellectual knowledge of that. But I don't know that I ever had that realization of, you know, oh, you've gone through a life like me. And maybe that's part of being too self-centered sometimes, too, is I, you know, I don't put myself in their shoes like that a lot of times. Well, and I think, too, we always have had conversations. Right. Always. Yeah, that's always been a part of our dialogue. We are are not... um, we're not extroverts, but when it comes to one-on-one talking, and I can remember nights, we would just lay on your bed and go for hours. Mm-hmm. I would think, are you ever going to go to sleep? But, <laughs> but you don't dare turn off those questions. I right. wanted you to keep asking them. So I think I think you saw we were human early on. Because right. Maybe that's why Maybe that's why there's not a realization yeah. is because it's yeah. been consistent you know, through my life that it was always yeah, available. Somehow, I don't know what got wired in my brain or why, but at some point in time, like my, my thought process was like me against everybody. I don't know why it happened or when it happened, but kind of, something just kind of started flicking over. Do you think it was in, uh, was it fifth grade when those girls, or I was it sixth grade? I'm not sure. The fifth grade moment where the, they all the, stood in a circle and taunted her. Yeah. And told her that they didn't want to be her friend one by one, that she was that no longer. That is so awful. I think, I think that's probably when, <laughs> that when that really started was because to that point, you were pretty happy. Even though we were, you were intense, you were still pretty happy. But I think that was really a, a turning point for you. And I didn't realize it happened until a lot later. Yeah, you know we hear so much about bullying today, but I think about when our kids were little. They, there was, there's always been bullying. It yeah. isn't anything new. It's, think, it's always been there. I think yeah. the difference is now that it's pervasive. It's, it's pervasive in a different way. There's so On much more media. access to each other, and also children are taking their lives differently now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like they're not able to think about this easing up, the pain of something easing up in, in years. Because I remember the intensity of feeling like, you know, my life was over because my friends 
that, you know, they all rejected me or a boyfriend rejected me. But once you're off the playground, you have an escape. Mm-hmm. A child today doesn't necessarily have an escape, especially a right. teenager, because That's then it's true. on Facebook, it's on their right. Facebook the wall, it's on their Twitter, stuff. it's, you know, That's and true. so That's there is no escape. The lives today are so public. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the big difference because yeah there was bullying when we were children, mm-hmm. and and there will be until the Lord returns because that's just the way it is. But yeah, just I ask my mom; now, she was a redhead, so she knows yeah, all about freckles. it. <laughs> uh, redhead freckles. Mm. So you know, I, I can remember that you know when I was in school and junior high was probably the worst three, the worst two, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade were the worst three years of my life. I mean, I I still can say that without. Yeah, me too. You know, it's just those three years were the absolute worst. That's fairly common. Sixth grade was my worst year, oh, yeah. too. And and looking back, you know, but we had, you know, like you said, once you left school, you left it behind. Mm-hmm. Today, it's it never gets left behind. It's, yeah. it's on your phone. It's on your computer. It's on your television set. It's everywhere. And it's, Well, and so many homes are unstable. You, they don't have the strong homes that we had right. either. And so they can't even go home sometimes. And get, you know, safety. Yeah, there's yeah. there's not even safety there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. And I, that's something that I also think that you and I have in common, Aaron. Is I always had a haven. Like even if I was angry at my parents because of whatever reason, like I don't even know that I knew why I was angry. I was just an angry kid for for a little while there. That's like the real strong. And maybe it's maybe I remember it most because it it's it kind of stings to think about because i was just such an angry individual but i always knew that i was safe at my house i always knew i could talk to my parents i always knew that i was loved i never questioned that so and that's something that you had too um mm-hmm. and honestly just that's one of the reasons i can be brave doing what we do now with doing a show where i can just kind of open up the you know, the Danae perspective or my own stories or whatever, because I've got a really solid base in my family and my friends that, you know, even if there's a misunderstanding or even if I've misremembered something and it really affects the family, which by the way has happened. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that story in just a second, but continue. Even if that happens, we can have a conversation about it because it's never like a shut door. It's like, oh, you offended me, door shut. It's like, that stung. Let's talk about it. So, or that stung and let's talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is important sometimes. Yeah. So I, I vividly remember there was a moment in our podcast with Brian, who was a homosexual and a Christian, and we were talking about that stuff. And Danae had this really powerful moment of talking about what she remembered from her childhood. Um, and, and how my family responded to my aunt being gay. Right, exactly. And then coming to find out later that you didn't have the same recollection of that. And so how do you deal with something I, like that? Let me just say before we go on, I took two real memories and merged them into one experience. Isn't that crazy? Our brains. Yep. Which, yeah, I, I'm not upset with myself for doing because I was I was remembering real things. Right. But I was she, remembering the, the emotion. Wrong. The emotion was real. Um, and the reaction was real. It was just put against the wrong backdrop. Backdrop. What was cool is, like you said, so much has happened since then. That was a long time ago. Yeah. And now to see our friendships and our relationships and our family, you know, be getting closer and closer and closer together. And also of note, something that I would like to make sure is mentioned is when my aunt became pregnant, um, had nowhere to go. My parents moved her into the house. And so it was like that was to me a big 
oh, good, we're not just rejecting people. You know, it's not just you're over there because you're over there. You don't think like we do. Right. It's no family matters, relationships matter. Come live with us and get on your feet. And so I got a chance to be, you know, even close, like get close to Brittany and get close to her life again and like reestablish relationship, which was really awesome. So one of the things I love about this conversation is that it kind of emphasizes why we're doing this, like why Danae and I love to do this, why we do what we do, because at the end of the day, the more conversations we have, the more we realize that we're all human beings, we're all on a journey, we're all trying to figure it out. Uh, That doesn't, you know, that doesn't change what truth is. Truth is truth outside of us. But we all have to come to that place where we realize we're on a journey of truth and finding that truth and what it means in our lives. And, you know, that's to hear you talk about your memories and how how crazy it is that our brain will remember something for sure, 100 percent for sure, that is also 100 percent wrong. And we've all had those experiences. You know, now that we've got cameras in our house, we have security cameras in our house. We'll have conversations. We'll be fighting about what we said. And I know for sure exactly what I said. And I'll go back and look at the camera and say anything like that it's like how did my brain do that that was yesterday sometimes when you're on the radio and you give stories about your past yeah thinking that wasn't quite (laughs) the way it happened (laughs) but I also you know I understand that you know and it isn't like it's you know you may you may remember you thinking you did it and it really was one of your siblings or it may have been a cousin but but you're still remembering the story and the purpose of the story doesn't change right that's exactly right so yeah, it's, it's an interesting process. Well, we've got about five minutes left. And so with the last five minutes, I wanted, I've been kind of leading questions, that kind of stuff. But I want to know what you guys want to know, either from each other or from us or whatever. Like any, you know, questions that, that you have for us. <laughs> well, I, I just watched uh, um, the middle episode where she asked each of her kids what did the I TV do? show The Middle? Yeah, The, the TV middle, show The, the middle? TV show okay. The Middle. And she, uh, the mother, asked each of her children, what is there, how did, what were the things I did mothering that uh, I could have done better at? I will never ask you that question. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I was like, I was preparing. My brain's like going a million miles an hour. That's so funny because I was like, oh, we don't have to do that because we've already done this in person. <laughs> We went to Subway one day, and Mom asked me that question. She was uh-huh. like, hey, did I do a good job? And I was like, yes. She goes, what could I have done better? And I was like, and there, I think I, I think I actually gave you one, but I don't remember. Well, it and that was traumatic. the whole episode. The whole episode was each of her kids had a very specific one, and she's oh, like, no. oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah. And, you know, they started out with saying, oh, you know, the daughter's so sweetie, sweetie anyway. And, you know, and she's saying, oh, no, you were a great mom. Well, I know. I'm sure I did something. Well, yeah, you know, you're not organized. You could be better organized. <laughs> and so then, you know, it just goes on. And I'm thinking, I've never asked my kids that again. I think I asked your sister that one time. I was going to say, if you're going to ask one of your children, I'm the one to ask. Because yeah. <laughs> my rosy outlook on life, I don't have anything that I would say. But, but I yeah. try to, and it's interesting because we actually do have those kinds of conversations, like self-check conversations. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I would because I'm going to answer that question. The thing that I would say to you... <laughs> that question that you brought up to not ask me, she's going to answer for her mom. I would I would, it would, always be about how, like, I don't want her to be as hard on herself. It's stuff like that, where I'm just like, this is something I observe, you know, you're really hard on yourself, and, you know, that's what I would do, is I would work on that. But it wouldn't be, like, anything parenting-related, because <laughs> you've done a really good job. I, I mean, try. look at me. Well, you know, <laughs> I think with parenting... 
I think you said it on on one of the podcasts. Maybe it was last week. Something the parent judging podcast that we did. Yeah, maybe I think that. If the, and I do have every single one of your podcasts from back on my Aww. phone. Every single one of them. You I've guys. listened to every single one of them. But anyway, Aaron, our parents <laughs> like us. <laughs> so, um, but I think when you talked about, we do our best. The our parents have done their best. My parents did their best. We did our best parenting you guys. We didn't do everything right, but but the Lord takes what we do and blesses it and and works through it. And, he, you know, we just have to understand none of us is perfect, but good things come of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the amazing part that, uh, that he takes that and does cool stuff. That's what I'm hoping for. I got four boys of my own that I'm trying to figure out and raise and do my best at and you know, the, the other side, we all screw up our kids. I mean, we all just have things about us that, you know, are going to mess up our kids. So so that's all, all part of it. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for, for joining us. And um, I can speak for myself and I think today when I say that we are who we are because of you. And hopefully that's a good thing. So we, we love you guys and appreciate our moms. To our podcast listeners, if you have any questions for our mothers. You know, I was going to mention it's kind of sad that we're not doing this one, that this is recorded. Yeah. But I tell you what, in the even in the comments right now, because we'll be playing it live. Ask questions. We'll make sure they get to our moms and, and get answers if and you have plus, any questions. Our moms are maybe going to be joining us in the chat anyway. So that's true. They're often there. So, but if you do have a question for our moms and you want to ask, you can either leave it in the comments or you can email us and we will get those out and then post them up on our our website. Yeah, because I'm in a new bid. I'm, my my work schedule's changed, so I'm off on Tuesday. So She's now. in a new Yay! bid. That's a work thing. I understand. <laughs> So I'll be off on Tuesdays, so I can chat. Very cool. Very cool. It totally depends on my schedule week to week. <laughs> Mom's but important. Well, just know, just know, if you don't listen, we feel less loved. Just know that <laughs> that we. I have to no tell guilt. you. Hold on. No I guilt. Say, I'm just saying. No I have guilt. to tell you this. When I first got on radio, my mom listened to every single day for as long as she possibly could before. She had to stop because her life took back over. It was probably like, what, two or three weeks solid, every single one. And we would talk to each other after the day. And we would recap everything we talked about. And I would be like, hey, Aaron, remember we talked about this? Remember we talked about this? He'd be like, I have no idea what happened like two minutes ago. <laughs> and now I'm like that. I'm like, I have no idea what we just talked about <laughs> on our show. Because it's just like it's in and out. So we do so much content. But we used to talk. I mean, every single day. She was my biggest fan in fact, there's was. another person out there, Chris Love, who has said that he's my biggest fan, but then he, and my mom was but like, oh no, I, oh no, no. I read him the riot act. <laughs> it was serious. And now every time Chris says it, he's like, I'm your number two fan because your mom is your number one fan. <laughs> and she is. Well, it's always, always good to end the podcast with a number two reference. That's just, that's how we roll around here. It wouldn't be shoe the dough moment. <laughs> it wouldn't be shoe the dough without How do you feel about that, Mom? All the bathroom humor. You love bathroom humor, right? Yeah. It's your favorite no, thing. <laughs> oh, Lord. Please Thanks, guys. I just figured it's Denise's uh, influence. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably true. <laughs> it's a, it's a, and on that note. It's true. I love you, Denise. That's a wrap. <laughs> How much fun was that? 
was so That's, fun. Yeah, I I had a great time, and kind of listening back to that was a lot of fun. So thank you for listening with us, and uh, you killed the music. I didn't mean to. Oh, okay, there it is. Sorry about that. No, I just my I pushed the button. My organization that I got from my mom. Just everything had to be perfect, and man, hearing those stories, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's always fun to have the perspective of the mothers. Mm-hmm. We should have them in again sometime. Absolutely. I'm all for it. I think the dads should be next, though. A totally mother-run show. You think no. the dads? Yeah. What would the dad show sound like? Not a lot of conversation. Right? I mean, so tell us about this time, and then there'd be, like, grunting. My my yep. dad would just be mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. And then that happened. Yep. I bet your dad would tell stories. Oh, I'm sure he would. My dad yeah. might tell a couple stories. Your dad's name is Hammer. It's that's true. all anybody needs to know about your dad. <laughs> His name is Hammer, and that's exactly who he is. Okay? Uh, as always, thank you guys so much for your support. If you love Shoe the Dough and you want to keep us going, consider giving just a few bucks a month to make it possible. In fact, we're getting really close to our next goal. Yeah. When we get to $300 a month of support, we're going to go live for a second day yeah. during the week. We're excited to do that. I think uh, last I knew about 50 bucks a month away. Yeah, we're getting so, close. So uh, just a few people doing, think about doing maybe like three bucks a month, something to, to help us out. Something that you won't miss when it comes out of your bank account, but means the world to us to keep us being able to produce this kind of content. And for our Patreon supporters, you will have access to this podcast here in just a little bit. We'll have it posted up on Patreon. Yeah. And then for those who are listening later, you can catch it on iTunes tomorrow. And subscribe at Mixler. If maybe you found this on Mixler, you know, just searching through. That's kind of where we do the live show thing. Uh, yeah, check out the other stuff at AaronAndDanae.com. That's where kind of everything is centralized. So you'll be able to check out what we do there. Thanks again for hanging out with us, Danae. Did you have anything else you wanted to, to mention before we go away? <laughs> Nice. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.